Thank you. I love you. Appreciate you. Well, what a pleasure and joy it is for us to be with you this morning. We are so honored, grateful for all that God is doing, and uh, he, is, he is so faithful. Uh, Pastor Jason was talking about, you know, sharing your testimony. We wrote our testimony out, have a book entitled, Let's Pray. And uh, so I think I brought a few copies. Pam has them. If you'd like to get a copy, uh, you can see her after the service, and, and uh, she'll be happy to meet with you. I think they're $10 each. So let's pray. Father, thank you today. We have the privilege of assembling in your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. I thank you for utterance today, Father. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding enlightened, that we might know you better, Father, and that we might put into practice, Father, that knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Jason, when you were talking about, um, you know, the purpose of the fast, I was thinking about in Philippians where the Apostle Paul, even after many years of serving the Lord and doing his work, still it was his, his goal or his aim, uh, he says in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. Even, even at that point in his life, he was still uh, hungering to better know God, not only his creator, but his redeemer. And I want to not only know him, but I want to know the power of his resurrection. And uh, I'm an ex- I've experienced that in my life. I've experienced the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus. I wake up every day and it's, it's a gift. I'm awed. I'm grateful. I don't... So every day is a gift. How many of you have had a crazy 2020? (laughs) I'm sure we all have. We all have testimonies of what's gone on uh, in the past year. I kind of went back a little farther than that. I went back to 2017 where we had a fire at our place on Millfair. And then 2018... I survived a widow maker. <laughs> Amen. Less than 3% of people uh, come out of a widow maker experience. And uh, the reason I did is because we know the waymaker. So the waymaker trumps the widow maker every time. Hallelujah. And then in 2019, we transitioned. After uh, pastoring here for 30 years, 39 years really from when God sent us here and we began our assignment. And then in 2020, both of my parents, my mother in January went to heaven, my father in, in June, and God is so, or uh, yes, in June, God is so faithful. He allowed us to have that time to be with them and uh, we are so grateful for that. And of course, all of the COVID stuff. 
and I'm sure each and every one of you have testimonies of things that have gone on and things that God has brought you through. Uh, another thing I took note is that the, Tom Brady left the Patriots. <laughs> it's not working for the Patriots. <laughs> but uh, speaking of football uh, this morning, I want to talk about uh, this. Today, I want to talk about uh, sticking with some fundamental things that are critical. You know, a lot of times we want to find the newest thing and the greatest thing or the thing that's going to be, you know, the, the super immediate thing to bring results. And we forget many times how important it is to stick with the basics. Let me read you something here. It was in July of 1961, and 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered together for the first day of training camp. The previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers squandered a lead late in the fourth quarter and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Green Bay players had been thinking about this brutal loss for the entire offseason, and now finally training camp had arrived, and it was time to get to work. The players were eager to advance their game to the next level and start working on the details that would help them win a championship. Then their coach, Vince, uh, their coach, Vince Lombardi, had a different idea. In his best-selling book, When Pride Still Matters, A Life of Vince Lombardi, the author tells what happened when he walked into that training camp in the summer of 1961. He took nothing for granted. He began a tradition of starting from scratch, assuming that the players were blank slates who carried no other knowledge from the year before. He began with the most elemental statement of all. Gentlemen, he said, holding up a football, Pastor Jason, you can probably quote this. He held up a football in his right hand and he said, Gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> this is a football. And he was coaching a, a group of three dozen professional athletes who had just months prior had come within minutes of winning the biggest prize their sport could offer. And yet he started from the very beginning. He began by going over the basic things, the things that were, were fundamental. He even uh, taught them how to put on their socks. <laughs> and so I think many times we forget how important it is to stick with the fundamental things. There's another story. There's a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Admiral William McRaven, uh, he, he was a SEAL-trained admiral, and he tells, uh, he, he gives a wonderful chronicle of things that he learned by going through Navy SEAL training. And one of the first things that he talks about is start the day with a task completed. Make your bed. <laughs> You know, that seems like a pretty, you know, uh, ridiculous kind of thing 
But he said, you know, even if you have a bad day when you come back and your bed's made, it's gonna, you're going to feel a lot better about everything. And he went through and he talked about 10 things. It's a great video to watch, and uh, I would encourage you to do that. But this morning, I want to talk about the fact that Jesus did that also with his disciples. Jesus spent three and a half years going over the fundamentals with his disciples, teaching them things, training them, and, uh, and then giving them the opportunity to put some of those things into practice. A great example uh, of that is found in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 22. I'm going to read verse 20 through, through 24, so just hold that, uh, that up there. It says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So remember, he had been training them and he had been teaching them and he had been uh, giving them instructions on how to, how to deal with different situations that they may be facing. And he said, you know, let's go over to the other side. But it says, it goes on, it says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm and then in verse number 25, Jesus looks at his disciples and he said to them, where is your faith? Where is, is your faith? And they marveled and they said, they, they, they just, they couldn't figure, what, what's this all about? What's going on? You know, I had, um, I had not, until I began to study for this message and read this particular passage, read what precedes this. And it's when Jesus had made this statement. He was preaching at a certain place, and uh, people came and said, hey, your mother and your brethren are outside. And Jesus said this, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So, in this example, I mean, it, it goes immediately from that being recited to us, Jesus saying, listen, these are my brethren, those that hear and act on or do God's word, to this example that we're reading here where the disciples have launched out. Now, Jesus didn't say, let's go out and sink, guys. You know, he didn't say, Let, let's go out and fail. No, Jesus said, Let's go out and go across to the other side. Now, he didn't qualify that, you know, you may be going through a storm. You know, you may, you may face some impossible situations or things that look like they're impossible. He didn't qualify that. He just said, we're going to the other side. Amen? And I, and I want to assure us today that that's God's word to us. 
Amen? He's, he's not saying to us, you know, go out and sink, <laughs> go out and fail, you know, go out and, and, and wring your, 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 you know, your fingers. No, he said, go out and cross over to the other side. Glory be to God. So the question Jesus poses is, where is your faith? So to me, faith is the most fundamental uh, thing for us to get our hands on. It's like, it's like holding up this football, you know. I mean, I've heard over the years people go, well, yeah, they're talking about faith again. You know, there they go again. Well, this is a football. <laughs> Amen. We want to win some, some Super Bowls for Jesus while we're on this earth. Amen. Amen. We're not going out to sink. We're going over to the other side. Praise God. So we're going to stick with what works. We're going to stick with the things that may seem fundamental, but I think what happens is many times is people, they're looking for the latest and the greatest, and they forget the simple things, like how to put on your socks, you know, how to, how to uh, not allow fear to grab a hold of you keep uh, track of what comes out of your mouth. So I want to talk a little bit this morning about some scriptures, what the scripture has to say about the subject of, of faith. In Hebrews 11.6, this ought to tell us why this subject is so important because Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, that's, I think that's my favorite scripture today, <laughs> right? Without faith, it's not that God is hard to please. It's that the way that God is pleased is when we, when we honor him, when we honor him by trusting him. You know, this is the main thing that Satan used to erode the relationship between Adam and Eve and God. He said, you know, you can't really trust God. This is why faith is so important, because the, the fall of mankind happened when man began distrusting God. He bought the lie that Satan put out there. And, uh, and so, uh, if I was always suspect of you, if I always questioned you, I, if I never placed any trust or confidence in you, you wouldn't be pleased with me. Amen? You'd think, you know, what's going on with this guy, you know? And uh, so... It's not that God is difficult to please. It's that he's telling us the thing that pleases him the most is when we will trust him, when we will believe him, when, when we will honor him by, by taking hold of what he has said. And that's, I, I just love this morning as we prayed, as we've, as we've acted on God's word, as we, believe, as we talk, Yesterday at the men's meeting, as we talk about the things of God, man, this is such a, a, an environment saturated with, with this thing that we're talking about today, honoring God. 
by trusting and believing him through faith. Believe that he is, the scripture says, and the two things that he asks, go ahead and put that back up there. Two things that, that he asks. Number one is we must believe that he is, and that's not difficult. You know, I just, I just heard recently, and this just blows my, my mind, you know. I just heard recently that if you were able to travel fast enough, the speed of light to get to, to uh, the edge of the universe where it is now, it wouldn't be there when you got there because it's still expanding. I mean, how big is God? How magnificent is God? I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So I believe that he is. Scientists today tell us they can go back and they can pinpoint when, bang, God said, let there be you light and things came into existence. I mean, how can you be an atheist when matter that is continuing to expand, scientists tell us they can pinpoint the time when it all began. We have to believe that he is, and we have to believe that he is a rewarder, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the word diligently means this, to exert considerable effort and care in learning something. to, To exhibit considerable effort and care in learning something. That's what you're getting ready. We're getting ready to do as we go into the new year. You know, we're uh, implementing a system of consistent reading of the scriptures. You're going to grow. We're going to grow as we do that. We're going to learn more about him. We're going, we're going, to, we're going to learn more about him. And, uh, you know, we have, we have examples of it, this, this particular word diligently in 1 Peter 1.10. I don't have it up there, so don't try to find it. But 1 Peter 1.10 said, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired, and they searched diligently of the grace that would come to you. So that, you know, we, we've got an example of it. These, these people that preceded us, the prophets, they got glimpses of what we're experiencing today. You know, the grace how awesome is this? You know, we're not living under the Old Testament. We're not still in our sins. We've passed from death to life the moment you're born again. You know, we're, 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 we're in Christ. And, and these people that were living under, this, under the Old Covenant times, they searched diligently. Man, they said, is it possible? They exercised... Uh, some, some, some discipline in learning, searching, finding out. And the scripture says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart, all of your heart. So God is going to reveal himself. We're going to learn some things. We're going to grow. Um, I got a, a, a printout here from Brother Hagen's Faith Food uh, Digest. It's something that gives daily readings of the scripture. And this was January 1. And it goes along with the scripture 
uh, that we're looking at here. He says, fight the good fight of faith. The only fight the Christian is called upon to fight is the fight of faith. Not supposed to fight with each other. It's the fight of faith. If you're in any other kind of fight, you're in the wrong fight. There's no need to fight the devil. Jesus has already defeated him. There's no need fighting sin. Jesus is the cure for sin. There is a fight, and therefore enemies or hindrances to faith. The greatest enemy to faith is a lack of understanding of God's word. In fact, all hindrances to faith center around this lack of knowledge because you cannot believe or have faith beyond your actual knowledge of God's word. The scripture says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes. It comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. The byproduct that happens supernaturally happens in your life as you're reading God's word is faith comes to you. And he says, if your faith is not growing, it's because your knowledge of God's word is not growing. And you cannot grow or develop spiritually if you're not growing in faith. The best resolution you can make today is that in the upcoming year, your knowledge of God's word will grow. Well, we're already in the process of that. Then give yourself to the study of the word. It will automatically follow that your faith will grow, and hence you will grow and develop spiritually. Faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. You know, the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 10, there, there are many voices in the world. There are many. How many of you know that? I mean, there are many voices in the world. I think that's the biggest challenge in the world that we live in today because, I mean, you've got television, you've got internet, you've got, uh, you know, printed articles, you've got somebody's always screaming something. And in the midst of all of that, we have got to make certain that we tune out all these other voices and hear the word of God because that's how faith comes. It comes by hearing the word of God. Uh, It's not so much, uh, and I like what Pastor Jason was talking about, it's not so much just holding on to the promise as much as holding on to the person knowing him. Because it's, it's as he said, things will happen in your life. And it's like, where did that come from? And it's a result of your pursuit of knowing him better. I think sometimes we become so focused on some object, some thing that we want, some uh, whatever it is, and, and that becomes even more important than knowing the giver himself. And so, so focus on, on knowing him better. Knowing him better. The Apostle Paul sets that example for us. He says, you know, not that I want more things, more stuff. God's not against us having stuff. But the thing that he said is most important is I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him better. And so uh, 
be a disciple, not an irregular listener. You know, I, I ran across this quote. An irregular listener can be a lopsided fanatic. No, an irregular listener, it's like somebody, you know, you see, God's, he's looking for, for people who are disciples, disciplined followers, consistent in that. Because, because if you're an irregular listener, it's like all of a sudden I'm way down here, so now I'm going to jump in, and I feel like I have to overcompensate so much that I come up, ah! You know what I'm saying? So, so just be consistent. Be, be, be consistent. Jesus said this in Matthew 4 and verse number 4. He answered and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, let me put this scripture where Jesus spoke this in context. Jesus had been fasting in the wilderness. He was up, coming up to 40 days, and Satan comes in. You know, Satan wants to come in when we're at our weakest. So don't give him that opportunity. And he was trying to get Jesus to get off track, get off centered, to force God's hand rather than for him to following God's leading in his life. And he said, you know, if you're really who you say you are, why don't you just turn that stone into a, into a loaf of bread? And Jesus quotes this scripture that comes from Deuteronomy 8.3. And Deuteronomy 8.3 says, So he humbled you, allowing you to hunger, and fed you with manna that you did not know, or did, your fathers did not know, that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So God was teaching Israel a lesson. You know, it was impossible. What he brought them through through that wilderness was absolutely impossible. He sustained them supernaturally. And the reason that he did that was to teach them the lesson that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. I don't know what you're going to face this year, what need you'll have this year, what's going to be going on in your life. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I gave a litany of things that happened to us and... But I know, I know who's faithful. And I know that he will sustain you. And I know that Jesus said, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. So we, we should never fear what is ahead of us, what's in the future, what lies before us. Because we may not know the future, but we know the one who holds the future. And, 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 and as we build our life upon his word, I'm almost done. This is what one of the last things that Moses said to Israel. This is one of the last statements. I mean, you'd think this would be pretty important, you know. This is one of the last things he said to them, and it's found in Deuteronomy 32 and verse number 47. Here's what he said. It is not a futile thing for you. He's talking 
about God's word, the importance of God's word in their life, the importance of them keeping God's word center in their life, building their life upon God's word as they're getting ready to go into this new promised land that they're ready to cross the Jordan and go into. And here's what he said. It's not a futile thing for you because it is your life. Isn't that something? He didn't say, you know, it's part of your life. He said, it is your life. It is your life. I am so glad that, uh, the, that we have people around us that believe that. The day that Brother Paul picked up the phone and said, you know, I don't know what to do. My husband's lying on the side of the road without a heartbeat. He quoted God's word. (laughs) He shall live and not die and declare the works of God. It is. It is our life. It is my life. It's why I'm here today. And Moses was reminding Israel. He said to them, he said, listen, he says, and by this word you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. In other words, this is going to lengthen your stay in that land. This is going to keep you It's not only going to get you in there, but it's going to keep you there. That word not only brought about a new birth in my life, but it kept me alive for this next season. He said it is not futile. That means empty or worthless. Think how much futile stuff we have around us today. We have got to dig through the futileness of the things around us and build our foundation upon every word. He said, it will prolong, it will prolong your days. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. The Moffat translation says this, I have to lead my life in faith without seeing him. That's good. That's what Jesus was teaching the disciples when he said, Let's, we're going to go over to the other side, and then he went to sleep. Ah! It's a, it's a beautiful example of what it means to walk. He wasn't dead. His word hadn't changed. Because he'd fallen asleep, it didn't mean, well, maybe, I, maybe that's not what I meant. No, no. He said, we're going over to the other side, boys. Today, we're going we're gonna to release our faith. We're going to release our faith. I'm going to have, uh, Pam's going to come up, and she's going to lay out the Jordan River here for us this morning. And so, I want to I share with you what James 2.20 says. James 2.20 says, But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? In other words, there's a, a, another way of saying that is faith without corresponding actions. In other words, 
our faith fuels our actions. So this may, this may seem like a, kind of a silly thing, but how many of you know when God directs you to do something, there's nothing that's silly? You know, there's a story in the Old Testament about the king of Syria had attacked Israel and the people were, were starving. The people were starving out. And there was four lepers who were sitting outside the gate. And they said, you know, if we, if we go into the city, people are starving in there. But if we, if we go outside, the Syrians are likely to kill us. But they said, why sit we here and die? We're going to do something. We're going we're gonna to take a step of faith. And I want to encourage us this morning that we're going to cross over the Jordan today. Here's what Joshua said in Joshua 3.15. And as they bore the ark, they came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still, when they took that step of faith. See, they had been through the wilderness for 40 years. Now they had to cross over the Jordan in order to get into that promised land that God was giving to them. But the waters are overflowing the Jordan. How are we going to do this? But God said, you've got to take that step of faith. You've got to put your foot in the water. And as they did that, the waters which came from upstream stood still and rose up in a heap far away at Adam. So the waters that went down into the sea, the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. We're going to do that today. We're going to cross over. This is a symbolic thing. If you're watching online this morning, I want you to, you can cross over a threshold in your house. This is an act of faith. And what we're doing by doing this is we're saying, I am trusting God for whatever, as I'm, because I'm going in to this next year, praise God. And I'm believing that God's word is true. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. These are the words that, jo- that God spoke to Joshua. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land that I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you. From the wilderness to the great river uh, to the going down of this, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. This is God's word to us. And faith without, this is, we're going to add some corresponding actions this morning as we do this. Be strong and of good courage, 
For the, to this people you should divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, is giving. This book of the law shall not depart. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And then finally, Joshua said this to the people, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and of water, of fountains and springs that flows out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olives and honey. What we're doing is we're crossing over here. We're saying, we're believing you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you're going ahead of us and you will fulfill every good promise that you have given to us. So we've got two branches of the Jordan River up here this morning. And here's how we're going to do this. This side, you're going to come around over here. This side, you'll come around here. And then you'll cross the Jordan and you'll go back to your, to your place, kind of like what you do for communion, just like communion. And so I want to encourage you today, praise God. This is, this is kind of silly. Yeah, that's all right. But I'll tell you what, God honors faith. And what we're saying today is, I'm believing you, Lord. I'm putting you first. First, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Praise God. According to your faith, be it unto you. So when you step over the Jordan, release your faith. You're saying, Lord, I'm with you. You're with me this year. Praise God. And we're going over the top in Jesus' name. Amen. We have some crossing the Jordan music that we can play today. <laughs> All right. So, you know, if, if, and, and the, again, those of you that are at home, you can step over a threshold in your house. But let's do it today. And, and uh, Pam and I, we're going to go over. We'll go over first. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. (laughs) Blessings. Blessings in the new year. The favor of God. Increase in every area. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Hallelujah. As I was with Moses... So shall I be with you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Unexpected favor. The blessings of the Lord increase in every area. Praise God. Power of God being released in our lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> Crossing the Jordan. Hallelujah. Blessings. Blessings. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare the blessings of heaven. I declare increase, 
favor, health, goodness, and mercy all the days of this coming year. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Praise God. Uh, don't forget, they do have some uh, books. Uh, Pastor Pam has some books up here. How many of you are so happy Pastor Jim started this year outright? Amen? I mean, it's so funny. We were on vacation this week, and we we're just like, well, you know, you know, to truly be on vacation, you know what I mean? We're just, you know, trying to lay everything aside. But we start talking about, well, should we go to church on Sunday? Well, I can say I'm sure glad I came to church on Sunday. Amen? Amen. Pastor, wonderful job. We appreciate you. Guys, we will have some of our prayer. I've got this football. I've got to hold on to this thing. We'll have our prayer teams up here. Uh, be a prayer team here and a prayer team here uh, as we close out. I just want to say a blessing, a pray a blessing over you guys. And if you have a prayer request for anything at all, whether it be healing, salvation, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, these guys can be, they'll be up here. They'll pray with you. Uh, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you have a, the sense that a God, a God is calling you uh, to that. We can pray with these guys can pray with you for that as well. Uh, Pastor Jim is up here, can pray with you for that as well. So I just encourage you to come up and get prayer uh, to start the new year on the right foot. Amen? With the fundamentals, the fundamentals of faith. This is a football. Amen? I'm going to remember this one for a long time. This is good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, I thank you for 2021 and the things you're doing and how you're working in our lives. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that this morning we each took that step of faith, the step of faith, the fundamentals of faith, Father. We're taking that step, believing and trusting fully in you, that you are who you say you are, and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. You are dismissed. I got one throw to Ryan there, see if he can catch it. All right.